Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now entering the Second Big Comics Podcast. Starring Mark Clare and Renzo Martinez. To infinity and beyond, that is where we're going today. No, we are not reviewing the uh, the Toy Story comic book adaptation. That is not what we're doing. We are looking at the story that inspired what you saw in the Marvel movies in Infinity War and Endgame, where Thanos has the Infinity Gauntlet. We're going to be looking at the original story, the original battle that inspired those movies, and that is the miniseries Infinity Gauntlet from Marvel from 1991 by Jim Starlin. And, uh, of course... I'm not just going to sit here and talk about this by myself for an hour and a half. Maybe someday. I don't know. Maybe someday when I'm too big for this thing and I don't need a, a sidekick anymore. But until then, I still do have the rambling rambunches. Ren- Remzo W. Martinez. Remzo, what is happening? Friends, amigos, comrades, we are now a week away from ending this terrible, terrible year. And I have to tell you, there are many things I'm excited about. But if there's one good thing that came out of 2020... It's the amazing community of listeners that we've developed here, the North-South Connection Pod, Liberty.me, anywhere and everywhere you're listening to us broadcast straight into your brain right now. I'm so happy. I know Mark is too, and I just want to say thank you. Absolutely. Thank you to because it is no it is no small task to start a podcast. It can be very frustrating because you do not get early returns typically with a podcast. Uh, it takes a long time to build up an audience. And we were so lucky that we had a bunch of people that jumped on really early, a bunch of fans that got really active, really excited about the show and a good number. I think we have 10 patrons now uh, and we're only 22 episodes in. Now, that is that is huge because uh, most podcasts after 20 episodes or so are still still in their very small growth phase, probably not even considering setting up a Patreon. We already have 10 amazing patrons, and uh, they are really why we haven't had to dig deeper. We put a little bit of money of our own money in uh, into the show in the beginning to launch it, but since then, our patrons have have guided the whole thing, and, and now we, we're able to do this show freely and not not stress about that we have to you know fund it ourselves. Uh, patrons pay for for the whole thing just with that, just with those 10 patrons, and the more patrons we get, the more people that chip in just a few bucks, as little as five bucks a month to support the show, uh, the more we're going to be able to grow the more we're going to be able to advertise uh, in other venues and other podcasts, get more listeners here because we're really looking to grow this comic book community. And uh, it's, it's already grown so much. I'm already so thrilled, like you said, with, with, with what's, what's what's been like this year. Uh, but I just know 2021 
We're going to blow the F up, man. Absolutely. I it's mean, happening. for for patrons alone, you get exclusive access to the Second Brick Comics fan zone. You get exclusive Remso rants every Sunday. You get Claire's Continues, where Mark goes ahead and continues stories such as Savage Dragon. So that way you can hear him continue the stuff that we discuss here on the main podcast feed. We're sending out hardcover graphic novels to people. And I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for that exclusive, that very, very prestige first Kirby Club member where you yourself can help produce an episode of the show with Mark and I. We put you in the director's seat so you can dictate the course of this adventure we're on. So please check us out at patreon.com slash second print pod. Exactly. The great thing about that Kirby Club, uh, when that first member hops in, you know, it's going to become a list ultimately, uh, basically a rotation. But when you're the first one, if, if you're the first one, if no one else has signed up yet, you're going to get to produce an episode essentially every month of this show. So uh, it's an even better value right now for for uh, for Kirby number one. Absolutely. So, Mark, that's uh, that's all I've got. All right. Well, that being said, let's dive right into the story again. This is Infinity Gauntlet 1991 by Jim Starlin and pencils by. George motherfucking Perez, man. George Perez has been on a number of, of books that we've looked at. He's been on so many. I realize more and more uh, for, for the show. He's been on such huge events, books. Uh, he did, let's see, uh, Hulk Future Imperfect. He did Crisis on Infinite Earths. He did Infinity Gauntlet. Um, there's a number of other stories. I mean, are, Secret are, Wars. And, and, uh, Secret Wars, Crisis yeah. on Jeez, Infinite I mean, Earths. I mean, this man has yeah. crossed titles, crossed universes, and crossed generations for comic readers, young and old. And, and one is one of his great skills uh, is the ability to draw like huge pages. He also did this uh, in the in the Avengers relaunch after Avengers Reborn. He did the, that relaunch um, <clears throat> with Mark Wade and did the art for like I think the first six issues of that. And in that in that arc, there's like they're they're forming a new Avengers and they have to figure out who the new Avengers are going to be. Uh, but in that process, everybody who's ever been an Avenger ever shows up, and so he gets to draw all these characters, just like in Crisis on, on Infinite Earths, he gets to draw every single character. Similar Similarly to this, I mean, he probably drew nine, 90% of the Marvel Universe characters probably appear in this book. Uh, so, I mean, he and he really has a skill of being able to draw these like huge splash pages with so many different characters uh, in such like fine, clear detail. And he's just an incredibly talented artist. So this is a, a very fitting team. Now, uh, we, we've talked a bit about George Perez here. Uh, what can you tell us about Jim Starlin, Renzo? Jim Starlin is Thanos's baby daddy. That's right. He created... Um, uh, Thanos and the pages of Iron Man way younger, way yonder back. And since then, Thanos has become uh, arch rival of the Fantastic Four, the Avengers. He's, you know, crushed the Silver Surfer. He's beaten down Galactus at one point, as we're going to see. He basically kills off the entire Marvel Universe. And for the broader culture at large, he became the number one movie villain above Darth Vader in all of cinema history, thanks to his uh, big grand appearance in um, Avengers Infinity War and then capping everything off with Avengers Endgame, not counting all his other cameo appearances. But, you know, he has definitely made a mark and he has impacted the world of movies and comics forever. 
Indeed. And I actually did, I didn't know that until right now when I was hearing it that he was originally an Iron Man villain. I had no idea because he, uh, you know, he seems like, I, I always picture him as more of, you know, a cosmic character. Um, you know, someone that's battling like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy and and uh, Adam Warlock and, and all this sort of thing. But uh, he actually did. It's interesting that he had originated as an Iron Man villain because he was basically, you know, the the yin to Tony Stark's yang in, in, in the first, uh, you know, the first three phases of the Marvel movies. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the that's the power of fandom right there because they could take very very you know I, I wouldn't say secondary characters but they can basically take characters that you know are supposed to be just plot devices just your generic villain your generic uh character that's gonna move along a story and they can make him into something so much bigger i mean let's look at the best example ever which is spider-man spider-man showed up in the final issue of amazing fantasy number 15 we've got moon knight moon knight's gonna be getting his own disney plus show uh i think in 2022 moon knight first appeared in werewolf by night and then when we look at, you know, other Avengers such as Hawkeye and Black Widow, they also appeared in Iron Man comics initially as villains before they made the transition over to the Avengers. So it just shows the power of fans that when they see someone they really love, when they see someone that has a lot of depth and a lot of potential for great stories, they make it known. So that way Thanos can go from, you know, a B-listed Iron Man villain to being the biggest threat in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Boom. Well, there you go. That, again, is why you're here. That is why you are the uh, the Rick Jones. I have a political science degree, so I'm only good at telling stories in life. Excellent. Well, that's why you're here. <laughs> and uh, another guy that's good at telling stories is the guy you were just telling that story about, Jim Starlin. Uh, so we're going to get right into the story. And this story actually begins, you know, throughout the Marvel movies, we see Thanos collecting the Infinity Gems and uh, the Infinity Stones. I, th- I believe they're in the Infinity Gems in this story. Um, but this story starts off, he already has them. Uh, now, <clears throat> these took the place, uh, th- this event took the took place in, I think, a story called Thanos Quest, I believe, where he was on a, a quest to gather all these gems. Uh, I think there was also part of the story played out in the Silver Surfer. Uh, so a lot of this was, the groundwork was laid before it. So we're kind of starting this thing hot, where Thanos already has the Infinity Gauntlet, and I'm just going to read the first page here. I, I just uh, want to jump in real fast, yeah. but like sure. I, I, will, I will give a bit of a sneak previews to my rating. This is not my favorite crossover by far, but in terms of comic book events, I have to say it probably has the best cover. This is the most oh, yeah, cinematic cover, cover for a comic book ever. It, it really ever. does look like a, a movie cover, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it looks like, th- this looks like it could be an 80s action flick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or a, a current modern you know Marvel movie. I mean, it yeah. really does look um, like like a true like epic movie poster with all the characters you see. You know, Doctor Strange, Nick Fury, uh, the Hulk, uh, you know, the Silver Surfer, all kind of a re- surrounding Thanos with um, Mephisto and Death in the background with him holding the gauntlet with all the all the gems shining. I mean, yeah, it, it's super badass. It's the perfect cover to start this thing off to start the to give you you have the epic feel of how big this thing is right from the cover before you've even started the you know the first page. Yeah, I mean, they usually say don't judge a book by its cover. But like there are a lot of comics and titles I really like and the covers don't really jump out. This I purely right. bought because of the cover and then the story. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yep. So to start out, there's a little narration I want to read in the beginning. It says, there can be no denying it. You are supreme. Anything you wish to be, you are. Anything you wish is. Nothing in this universe dares challenge that claim. There be only wor- one word to describe you. 
And then we turn the page and we see God and God is spelled out in these with these giant stones. And you see the person stating this is Mephisto, who has become uh, sort of Thanos's second Thanos's. I don't know if you want to say Harold, uh, but uh, his kind of secondhand man. He, he has he has taken this opportunity of Thanos collecting the gems to uh, to sort of, uh, you know, be his little sidekick and try to glom onto him. Of course, he does have his own, own motivations as villains often do, as we shall see later in this. I story. just want to I uh, just want to jump in for people who listen to our Ghost Rider episode back in October where Mark and I were discussing who is the biblical Satan. Is it Lucifer? Is it Mephisto? I have no clue. So when you see Mephisto here, just take it as it is. He's just Mephisto. He is what he is. And whatever that means, that means. That's the uh, that's the second print comics analysis there. Uh, yeah, but, but Mephisto is going on this little rant and 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 really kissing up to, to Thanos here. He's you know he's saying everything that within your grasp rests the infinite. My humble personage bows before your grandeur. I am proud to be your first acolyte. Maybe that's the word we should use, acolyte, and bask in the glory of your divine presence. How may I serve you, great Thanos? And it's just hilarious because then you get a page an up close of Thanos just saying by falling silent, Mephisto. Basically, just tells him just shut the fuck up, dude. Like <laughs> leave me alone. I'm God. I don't need to hear your your incessant rambling uh and then thanos just blows up his own god monument uh why because he can uh he he is god essentially the infinity gems that he has collected uh just to lay the groundwork i'm sure most listeners are familiar with the movies but these six gems when put together on this gauntlet that thanos is now wearing gives him essentially like i said the powers of god he can do absolutely anything he can change reality in any way shape or form that he wants he is for all intents and and purposes god uh uh, we then head over to uh, the the Sanctum Santorum. Is that what it's called? Yep the Sanctum the the Sanctum Sanctorum in Greenwich Village, Sanctum New York Sanctum. City. Yes. Exactly. Uh, where we see Doctor Strange's house when through the through the uh, the the glass uh, you know moon roof I guess uh, crashes through the Silver Surfer. Now this is the inspiration for a scene. In Infinity War, uh, where it's but it's, it's actually uh, Bruce Banner, the Hulk, but just as Bruce Banner falling through Doctor Strange's uh, ceiling and, and crashing on his couch uh, in, a, in a similar way. Uh, so yeah, that for for those that might recognize this scene, it's basically the same exact scene, but with the Silver Surfer, and down to the fact that he is just warning, uh, warning Doctor Strange, Thanos is coming. Um, Thanos is coming is basically his big message. Uh, then we then we head back to, you know, and, and Silver Surfer kind of recounts uh, the story of how Thanos was, was resurrected because apparently, of course, as villains do, uh, Thanos did die prior to this and he was resurrected by death uh, to fix the cosmic imbalance of more people being alive than had ever been born. As, as death, uh, this was something that really bothered her. Uh, so she wanted Thanos to come back to, you know, wreak havoc, to go and, uh, I guess, call the herd, bring a little more more death to her life. Uh, so but we head back then to, uh, to Thanos and Mephisto. And uh, uh, Mephisto is like, man, what should you do first? He's like, well, it's, it's really quite simple, Mephisto. Uh, anything I want. He's like, I can do anything I want. I'm God. And he just kind of blows this thing up they're standing on. And then uh, he creates this sort of little little home here, I guess, guess you might say. Uh, little sort of like planet home that they're going to hang out on for basically the rest of the story. Um, we go back to the Silver Surfer's recap. He's, he's kind of recapping how Thanos took the Infinity Gems that were first called the Soul soul Gems. He was taking them from the the, uh, the kind of 
creatures, I guess, protecting them. Some of the creatures that are, I call them creatures, but they're, you know, they're characters here, uh, including like the collector and the grandmaster. All of these gems were being protected by, you know, some sort of cosmic creature or another. And so Silver Surfer is just recapping how Thanos went around and just took all the gems from these people, similarly to how he does in the movie. Um, there is this like random scene that you don't really understand at first where uh, these like drunk assholes at the bar uh, come head out and they they kind of they drive off a cliff and you're kind of thinking well, what what the hell is that about but we'll, we'll get into that in a minute uh, Sur- Silver Surfer continues to recap how uh, him and Drax the Destroyer of course one of the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, confronted Thanos uh, which was a very bad idea they trapped them in this inside of the Soul Gem and inside of the Soul Gem is where they met uh, this gentleman named Adam Warlock who of course we are we it was teased at the end of the last Guardians of the Galaxy movie and uh, we will be seeing this character in Guardians of Galaxy 3. Remzo, what can you tell us about Adam Warlock? I don't really know because... And I always do this on the spot, by the way. For for those listening, when I always toss these characters out to Remzo, I've never prepared him for this. I just kind of do it randomly and see what he knows. Most of the time he knows a lot, but no, every time he's not going to have a full... And situations situations like this often kind of throw me for a spin because... Uh, some characters like, you know, Donna Troy from the DC Comics, they have retconned origins all the time. Adam Warlock is kind of like that. But basically, he is the physical embodiment of the soul gem. He's somewhere between, you know, a Superman type figure and a celestial, kind of like a godlike being. So he is really the, the essence of the soul stone in the form of man, so to speak. And I think that's that's probably a bastardized way of describing him. But that's the best I could do right now. All right. Fair enough. Uh, we also learned from the surfer that he was warned. He was actually warned by Mephisto uh, for, quote unquote, reasons all his own. So uh, we know that we already know that Mephisto, because he's the devil or a devil or whatever, uh, is is being uh, a little bit duplicitous. Here. Pick and he's choose. Already playing both sides. Exactly. He's playing both sides. He's got his own plan, of course, because he's the devil or a devil or something like that. Um, so uh, Mephisto and Thanos go down uh, to uh, what I call Deathville in my notes, where where Death, I guess, resides. Uh, basically, she just is in this house with a bunch of skulls surrounding her because, yeah, she's Death. And she is a skull also. Um, or not, she is a skull, but like her face is just a skull. Uh, but Death won't talk to him. De- Death will not talk to him at all. And, uh, yeah, I guess because, and she's, and she's pissed off. And I said, why Remzo? Be- not because comics. Why? Because, because yeah, I mean, you know, she's, she's <laughs> like, she's like the Tinder date who just refuses to speak to you when you're actually out. Yeah. That's basically the vibe she's exactly. given off. And it's like, you made a, you made a reservation at a five star restaurant. You had her order that she ordered the surf and turf. You brought her flowers and she's just sitting there on her phone. You know, like Thanos has done everything. He went out and got all these gems, uh, made this whole gauntlet, became literally God. And she's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, she cannot uh, be pleased. The, 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 the real story here is that, you know, death brought back Thanos because he wanted her. She wanted him to go out and cause more death and bring her more death, bring her more, you know, souls to feed on or what have you. But Thanos's motivation is that he is in love with death. He is madly in love with this woman. This is really a love story at heart. And uh, I like this. I like this motivation better than the motivation in infinity war, where he simply saw that his planets became, his planet became overpopulated. He's actually from Titan. It was the moon technically, but um, he, it became overpopulated. So he realized that, you know, if, if population gets out of control, that, you know, 
it's bad for everybody, so he has to call the herd and kill half the population. Um, I, I get there's more to like a political context, and maybe that makes that motivation more interesting. He's basically Bernie for Sanders. The, for the story. He's essentially Bernie Sanders, yeah, or AOC. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't know. What about you? What do you think of the motivation between the movie and, and what it is here in the comic? I, I feel that for each universe, they pull it off in in regards to the to the context and the medium. This I read it more of like a Greek, uh, you know, a Greek story from like Greek mythology of like Zeus and Kronos and all those guys. So it kind of reads something like that. Whereas in the MCU, his reasons change, but it feels appropriate because we've been trying to figure out what's up with Thanos since 2012's Avengers. We see a little bit more as he's collecting the stones throughout Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that. So when we do finally understand his motivations in Infinity War, it just seems a little bit more appropriate. I feel if they tried to really translate this, you know, panel per panel in the films, it would have seemed a bit too out of left field. So I think for the sake of translation, the films did a really good job leaving this out and taking some liberties with his motivations. Well, yeah, I mean, they would have had to have this whole other character of death and make that whole story too. So maybe it just doesn't work for what they're trying to do with the movie. Um, but yeah, I guess the story here, like, like death brought Thanos back to cause some, you know, death and destruction and what have you. Um, but, um, he, I guess he, because he's apologizing to her here. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for my duplicity in gaining, you know, the Infinity Gems. But hey, look, I'm God now, you know. And and she's she's just not impressed. Like she's not. She's not he, looking for uh, a man. She's looking for a sugar daddy, basically. <laughs> exactly. She wants more. She just doesn't want a great, you know. She she wants uh, she wants something in return here. But she's she's not thrilled about the situation. Like she wanted Thanos to go out and cause death and destruction. She didn't want him to become God. She didn't want him to have these Infinity Gems. So he but he but he thinks he's so badass now. He's got this new this new Porsche. You know, he's got this cool new thing, and he rolls up for you know take her out, and she's like. Yeah, whatever. I don't give a shit. So uh, I, I find the whole thing funny from the beginning because Thanos is doing all of this, all of this thing, all of getting the gems, uh, his plan to, to kill. Ha- well, well, we'll get to that. He's going to kill half the half the population of the for, universe. For, for me, is, for oh. me, it just makes him seem more insecure, though, whereas in the films, he comes off more yeah. like maniacal, more sociopathic in a way, whereas this one's like, oh, dude, you're just you're you're, you're just you're, you're the safe bet boyfriend. That's basically what you are. He's kind of pathetic, actually. I guess when you when you really break it down like this, he's really just a, a, a kind of a, a sniveling, lovelorn boy who will do anything to get this chick, uh, even when it's very clear that she's not into him at all. I don't think even Josh Brolin himself could make these lines sound scary. <laughs> Yeah, and and Mephisto says, "My lord, my sympathies. You are not deserving of such brusque brusque treatment." And he says, "No, I am not." Uh, we then go back to uh, this these people that supposedly crashed in the car. Um, they seem fine. They they walk away from the car, and this little this little dude comes out and uh, is all charred up. Uh, he's like, "Oh, th- this body's me- a mess. It's it's been charbroiled. I can't go around looking like this." Um, so these guys then go to a motel, and then we see the one woman is kind of like watching off or. Yeah, she's she's turning color. She's turning green, and uh, this I believe is is Gamora. And uh, then we and the little guy is actually Pip. Uh, members of I don't think Infinity Watch existed yet, uh, but they are members members of Infinity Watch. Of course, Gamora in the movies. I don't know if she's a member of the Guardians of the Galaxies in in the books at all. But she she, she was the when they needed the books to reflect the film. And, and this is where comics get very very complex because let's look at the Marvel Universe for example. I'll try and keep it brief. You've got Marvel Maine, 
think Avengers, Captain America, Iron Man, Fantastic Four. You've got Marvel Street Level, Luke Cage, Daredevil, Punisher. You got Marvel Cosmic, uh, Super Skrull, Thanos, Silver Surfer, Adam Warlock. Then you've got Marvel Mythical, which is Thor, Doctor Strange. Depending on which theme, there's going to be a comic and a title for you, but oftentimes it can get very, very confusing depending on if you just focus on one versus the other. I will admit I'm not much of a Marvel Cosmic fan. I'm more of a Marvel main, Marvel mythical fan. So for a lot of these guys, it was hard for me to try and really understand the continuity because it's just, you know, I'm trying to brush up on 40 years of one segment of the Marvel universe. So take take some optimism, newbies, for people like me who have been doing this for a while. Sometimes it can get a little bit complicated for me to understand who these people are. Indeed, it can absolutely be complicated. Uh because comics are complicated, and that's why we at Second Print Comics are here to break these things down for you, to simplify these things, to give you a, a nice, soft landing into a lot of these these crazy stories. But uh, meanwhile, we go back to uh, you know to Deathville, where they're all hanging out here. And, <laughs> Deathville. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what else to call it. That's the, that's the, I'm, I'm, I, I say we keep it like that. I think so. I think that's the place to be. And, uh, you know... Mephisto is just kind of thinking to himself that you know Thanos is is more power is so powerful and he could he, he could like blink him out of existence with with just a blink of an eye, and uh, you know and he's he's just kind of wondering to himself like will he be able to manage this power or will his fragile heart be his undoing? And you know, again Thanos is just so pathetic here he's just begging Death to uh, you know not to scorn him. Uh, you know it was never his intention to do, to do wrong. Uh, he's like you know I don't he's like and and nor do I believe I have. You know this is like a typical you know, any kind of you know, argument like I didn't. What did I do wrong? I didn't do anything wrong. Come on, why are you mad? Why are you mad? Um, so he's like, yeah, true. I did use the powers you gave me to seek out the Infinity Gems to become the supreme being that now stands before you. Yes, I did do that, but I only sought this power and glory to become worthy of your love. Your heart deserves better than it is. Really, I'm just picturing Josh Brolin saying these lines. Your heart deserves better than that than the thrall I was. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't picture this it. This is very Shakespearean, and don't get me wrong. There's a time or there's a time and a place for it, and it seems appropriate here. But thank God they made changes for the MCU. Yeah, yeah. I, the more I think about it, yeah, it, it it's probably is better that way. But for this this comic, I still do enjoy groveling, kind of somewhat pathetic Thanos here, and uh, he's like, "Look, I had no choice to become." to become your equal. And then there's this little like dead death zombie guy there. And he's like, not equal superior. He says, now Mr. Death is nothing more than your love slave. That was a position you chafed in. <laughs> and he's like, but she is the keeper of my heart. And yeah, you're basically saying like, y- you wanted her to love you, but now you've basically made her, you're, you're more powerful than her now. So now you're kind of, you're at her command. You're not, you're not trying to win her over legitimately. You're, you're just becoming more powerful than her. Uh, so she's essentially your slave because you have so much power. You over can her. never make uh, women so happy. Like, exactly. So he's like, oh, well, great. I became too powerful. Jeez. My God, I can never win here. And uh, so then he decides to go and conjure this gigantic throne uh, for them to sit on together and, and rule. He's like, look, I'll impress her now. And, and the, it's a pretty badass throne. I got to say, it's got, it's got a big death face. It's got, it looks like it has her, she has two faces because her, her face changed here to like the face of an actual woman. Um, so yeah, the one side has the death face. One side has her face. It's really elaborate. It's got what looks like some, uh, I don't know, some eagles or something. 
something. It's pretty badass. It's nice. He really put some, put some. Well, I, I could say effort into it. it. Didn't take him effort. He just has to like you know think about it. And it this happens. isn't gonna be on HGTV um, anytime soon, but it's appropriate. No, probably not. Yeah, probably not. It's not gonna be on Flip My House, but you know it's it's nice for a for a, a throne in Deathville. Uh, but again, Death just turns and walks away, and she's like, and and this is and this is my note. I wrote, and this is not good because <laughs> because Thanos is just just became God and is getting completely spurned by the whole person he became God for. Uh, and he's like, why is she still rejecting me? This is ridiculous. So then Thanos goes and conjures uh, wa- what I called Walking Death Nebula to impress death. Now, this is his his daughter, Nebula, and he kind of conjures her out of nowhere, out of where she was. But she is not she she is not looking good. So here. quick continuity. Like so quick continuity yes. note. Nebula is his daughter in the MCU, but you could just briefly slide past it here. Here in the in the yeah, right? in the Marvel yeah. comics, she's his granddaughter. Right, right. Again, that's why you're here, to point out the little things that, that I that I gloss over. Uh, but daughter or granddaughter or whatever, she looks absolutely disgusting. She's just this like floating zombie who has her like mouth sealed sealed shut. Um and you know, she's basically just this Thanos basically just like torturing her with her with her dead like undead existence and uh yeah it's messed up this is all just to impress death and he's like hey check it out huh you like it you like what you're seeing and he's like and this little zombie guy that's like I guess death's assistant or who's speaking for death he's like Titan Mister Death finds your boats your boasts empty and your bravado distasteful so what does Thanos do he looks at this little zombie assistant eh, and just looks at him and he explodes he's like yeah en- enough of this guy um, that's pretty metal. Yeah, he destroys Death's assistant for not for, for telling him that you know she's just not feeling it. So Thanos then realizes, oh yeah, I know what I have to do. I went and got all this power. I, I haven't even done the thing. I haven't even done the task. I have to go ahead and kill half the universe. I, I, I'm so sorry, Death. I, 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 this whole time I went through all this thing, and here I come groveling to you and, and pining for your love, and I completely forgot. What I went, I, what I went to the store for in the first, but it's like when you go to the store and you forget the milk. You're like, oh my god, this whole time I didn't even remember the milk. Well, Thanos has to go get the milk, and by that, Thanos then takes his gauntlet, and this is where they got this this uh, idea in the movie, where he does the snap, and as we know from the film, on upon this snap, half of all life forms in the universe are immediately wiped out. So then we head into the Marvel Universe to kind of see some of this playing out. We see Spider-Man swinging around New York City, and you know, half the people on the street uh, are disappearing. Uh, at Avengers headquarters, we have uh, Cersei and Hawkeye. He, they're talking to Cap, Captain America, and they just disappear in front of Captain America. Uh, Nick Fury is sitting here with uh, some sexy chick. I'm not sure who she is, uh, trying to figure all this shit out. Her name is Val. Do you know who this is? Do you know who Val is? I'm trying to get uh, Baroness Valentina something. She's basically Nick Fury's love interest. She's not very important anywhere, but she's a Baroness, apparently. Okay, well. Oh, I can tell you who inspired her character. You know the Baroness from G.I. Joe? No, get out of here. Yeah, she's basically just the Marvel version of the Baroness, but good. Okay, I mean, Nick Fury is a very G.I. Joe-esque character, I guess you could... could Howling Commandos. It's all connected. Uh, meanwhile, Hulk, who is in this version, he is uh, this is 1991, so he is the small, the smart Hulk, the Peter David smart. So, Hulk, so he's Bruce the, Banner. The best of all so, Banners. is he Bruce Banner controlling the Hulk body, or is it another personality? Well, okay, we are led to believe 
in the beginning, like when this first happens in, uh, you know, Peter David's Hulk, when they kind of merge the personalities, we're led to believe that it is really essentially the intellect, the mind of Bruce Banner in the body of the Hulk. But uh, we later just learned that this smart Hulk uh, later, like years down the road, because he was a smart Hulk for quite a long time. Uh, we later learned that this smart Hulk was just another personality created by Bruce Banner, one of the many personalities that he has. Smart Smart Hulk was basically the um, like the, the perfect version of him in every way, you know, the, the, the smartest version of him uh, and the, not the strongest version of him, but the perfect mix of of those qualities that that he sees in himself, that he that why he wants to be the best version of, self, of himself. So for a long time, we think this is just regular Bruce Banner, but ultimately in continuity, it is, you know, again, yet another of his many. many so kind of like what we saw in Endgame, but different. Yes, exactly. I, I think in Endgame, in Endgame, it seems like it is really Bruce Banner. him. Like yeah. it is really just, just you know, Jack Mar- just Mark Ruffalo being Mark Ruffalo, acting just like he would when he is when he is the human, but in the Hulk's body. So I think in the movie, it's a little more clearly defined. Uh, whereas even in the comic, it doesn't seem quite like Bruce. You know, even when he first becomes this smart Hulk, uh, you know, he has the intellect. He's not dumb, um, but it, it feels a little off. Like he's a little more aggressive than Bruce might might not be. So maybe I think Peter David was kind of planning some clues there in the beginning. That's not. Really really per se Bruce Banner but uh yeah I think the movie made a, a little more of a of a this is just Mark Ruffalo now <laughs> in the in the Hulk's body got it um but yeah Hulk is getting a drunk at a bar and he sees this on the news that like half the people are disappearing so he just he's he's angry I mean you know smart Hulk still has emotions so he's angry and he throws a glass uh against the wall uh, now back in, uh, we're seeing the Skrulls here, and they, of course, as as often happens with anything with the Skrulls, uh, they assume the Kree did it when half their people disappear. So uh, they're going to, of course, as always, gear up for war with the Kree, because what do the Skrulls and Kree do? They fight. They go to war with each other. It's what they do. Exactly. Uh, we then go back to the Sanctum Santorum, and Wong, uh, Doctor Strange's trust, trusty assistant, has completely disappeared. Wong was awesome. Wong, Wong is actually one of my favorite parts of of not the story. He's pretty much not in the story for most of it, but of uh, of the MCU as, as um, in the Doctor Strange movie. But also his role as just he just is badass. He's like a he's a, he's more than like a, I don't know. In the comics he feels like more of a butler, but in the in the uh, in the films they actually made him like a pretty badass character on his own. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, it's hard. It's it's really cool when they make sidekicks actually matter. And even though in the in the comics, I think Wong stands, you know, head and shoulders above other sidekicks and assistants in the films, they really make him really his his own uh, his own character of his own stature, which I appreciate. So I think he brings out the best in Doctor Strange instead of just being there as just a generic sidekick plot device. I mean that that's one thing the Marvel movies have do, has, have done very well and I think part of that was just due to the fact they didn't have access to all their top characters when they first launched this universe they didn't have access to Spider-Man they didn't have access to the X-Men uh so they were kind of forced to take lesser known characters uh like you know we like Iron Man is a huge character in the Marvel universe. He's, he's one of the major characters, but in pop culture, he had never been really anything before. They were both B-listers. I mean, for the most part, exactly. Very much. Very much. And now they make all that money. Uh, in the comics too. Yeah, they've never been the A-list comics, never been the A-list uh, pop culture icons, but you know they did that, and they they've made really real characters out of, out of a lot of smaller characters. I mean, they made Ant Man such such a big character in the in the Marvel Marvel universe, such an important character. Uh, they you know, like I said, same thing um, you know here with um, even even characters like Drax. Like Drax is okay in the comics; he's kind of dumb, but they really uh, you know. Ha- 
you know, getting Dave Batista Batista to play him and turning that into really a comedic character. A lot of times you can turn something into a comedic character and it just comes across as like cheesy or corny, but it works so well, I think, with with how they casted uh, Batista for that role and, and the way that they took the character that I, I can't complain. So I think Marvel does a really good job of taking characters that are, are never that big in the stories, never that big in co- pop culture, and making them not necessarily icons, but recognizable, making them real characters of their own, making everybody seem like they matter instead of just another character that's sort of there. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. So we we then head to Titan and um, we see, let's see, uh, Firestorm. I think this name is Fire, or maybe it's Fire Lord. I think it's Fire Lord. Yeah. I always I always mix up those fire. Firestorm is the DC guy. That's the two dude, the professor and the dude like combined. Uh, Eros and Drax and this other guy who I don't know. Um, he's holding this glass and he disappears and drops the glass. And I'm not sure who this character is. Actually. They don't say. This is, this is one I didn't look up. Yeah, he's he's wearing a green. You know, we're supposed to be the experts here, but there's thousands of characters in these universes, so sometimes we miss them. So I'm not sure. Who oh, this that's uh, uh, okay. I, I so know. that is that is Than- Eros is his son. Yeah, Eros is his son, Star Fox. Uh, but the guy wearing Star the Fox. green cape, that is his father. Therefore, that makes him Thanos's father. I guess so. Yeah, because Star Fox and Star Fox, what a name! Eros is called Star Fox. Yeah. Right? Eros, it's See, it's, it's like so confusing because they they call him Air, they call him Arthur Eros on on this. Earth they call him Star Fox. Yeah, and, and Drax is pissed off. Uh, Drax grabs Fire Lord and he's shaking him. He's like, "What'd you do to this old man?" And uh, but I, I he thinks he disappeared him. He's like, "No, it's not Drax. Calm down." Eros is like, "Calm down. It's not. It's not. That's not what it is." Uh, and uh, there's this alert on the screen, uh, and they, they see that everybody is is disappearing, and uh, they say, and I, I think Eros knows that it is Thanos. Uh, we then go back to uh, this this couple on Earth. It, it is now uh, Gamora and Pip that are in this this hotel room. I'm not sure who the uh, there was like a third guy they were with, and I don't think that. Oh yeah, that that I know. Okay, I know what happens. So there's that third guy who were there with. I'm not sure who it was, but there's Gamora and Pip, and Pip goes into this other room. And I guess whoever was with them before, um, well, so it's Gamora disappears. So that's why Pip freaks out. Uh, and then he goes in this other room and whoever w- was with them before is now in this like giant cocoon. <laughs> so best way uh, to describe it. So I'm not sure what's going on there, but that is how we end the first issue of Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, what do you think of the first issue just, just so far? Just how they start this whole story out, how they present uh, you know, Thanos and his motivation and, and uh, you know, everything that led to the snap. Uh, I think it's, I, I, I got to say, the artwork is amazing. I have no criticisms of the artwork. It's just a lot of overload. You've got a lot of Thanos. Lot. You've got a lot of bringing in different characters. It's it's a lot. And you're bringing in stuff from different corners of the Marvel Universe. And even even I think it's, it's just a lot. So I'll say story-wise, this is one of those things that you've got to go back and read a couple times to really make sure you really understand it. Um, in terms of the artwork, I mean, this is Perez, like, in his finest. Absolutely. Yeah, his, his artwork is just is just absolutely stellar here. And again, just like the detail, because I, you know, I, I when I look at these on the uh, the zoomed in uh, like comic book reading view, that's I'm reading on Comicsology, much to your chagrin, I know. But uh, you know, y- you can zoom in and see the details of, of all these characters. But when you're reading the real comic, like you're seeing so much on on the page, so many different smaller panels, and that's the detail he's able to put into all these characters. It's just it's just so. Well, I mean, like this splash page right there, I could stare at it for like. 10 minutes. So I'm looking at the first splash page for issue two. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. 
It is a lot. A lot going on here. Uh, but yeah, basically what's happening is the Avengers are dealing with the, the fallout. And this is like, it's kind of a weird Avengers with all sort of like different versions of the characters. Like this is Thor, but it's Thor with a beard. And it's actually Eric Masterson Thor. It's this guy, Eric Masterson, who, who turned into Thor. It's not actually Thor, uh, Odin's son. Uh, but people don't know that. He's like hiding this. So we'll we'll see that referenced uh, a couple times throughout the story. Uh, I don't remember the exact story why that happened. But Eric Masterson then goes on to become Thunder. Thunderstrike when Thor becomes Thor, and then there's like two Thors. There's Thunderstrike Thor and Thor Thor, and of course Beta Ray Bill floating around. A bunch this of is not an era. This is not an era of Thor. I can say I'm necessarily fond of. Now I do recall really liking and reading, but I was 12, so I, I probably liked a lot of stuff that wasn't good. <laughs> uh, the Thunderstrike series when that came out. Uh, I, and I think part of that too for me it was because I always liked like that's why I really got into the image comics and like Savage Dragon from the beginning I always liked when I could jump on something from the beginning so when something came out that was totally new and totally fresh I would like try to jump onto that and so I could kind of be like my book like my book that I, I read from the beginning uh, so I, I kind of did that with Thunderstrike I did that with Doom 2099 I, I, I collected like the first 25 issues of that and I just liked that it was just a fresh start you know as opposed to you know, I started with Fantastic Four, but I'm reading issues in the 300s, and I always felt a little bit like I'm always behind. You know, there's always some reference to something that's happened in the history, and it took me, like, decades of fandom to fully understand the whole history, whereas with these these fresher books, even if they're not great, you know, they're they're fresh, they're new, and they can they can you can make it feel like your own when you're kind of a, a budding comic fan trying to find new books to read. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's see. We're, we're basically seeing a lot of the fallout here. Uh, the Avengers are uh, helping some passengers of a plane. I I assume like hopefully the pilot, one of the pilots disappeared. Maybe hopefully the co-pilot was still there. They seem to have been able to rescue the plane. Um, but uh, there's this guy Epoch. He's one of these cosmic creatures, and uh, he summons Quasar. He says Quasar is his name. Yeah, Quasar. Uh, Quasar. Do you know anything about Quasar, Remzo? Let's try He's a B-list cosmic Superman. Yeah, he has the powers of Captain Marvel here in this book. Uh, he is like the current Captain Marvel sort of at this time or one of or a Captain Marvel, because I think there may have been multiple Captain Marvels here, too. But he is essentially the the Captain Marvel in this moment of time. But his name is Quasar. And I'm not really sure what the backstory is. I don't is think there. anyone really know. does. And I don't think anyone really cares if you do care. And you do look it up and you do find out. Hit us up, secondprintpod at gmail.com. That's right, we have email. You can hit us up on Twitter at secondprintpod. Uh, so many ways to contact us or join the Patreon. Join the Second Print Comics fan zone on Facebook that all patrons get to join. Boom, quick natural plug. There you go. We then see that half the Kree have also disappeared and they, of course, are now preparing for war against the Skrulls because that's what the Krees and the Skrulls do. They go to war with each other. By the way, th- I'm not sure who. Uh, what the name of this creature is, but I love this. Like once Wong disappears, now we see this other creature assisting Dr. Strange the whole time. He's like this big blue bull creature. And I don't know anything about him, but uh, he's pretty cool looking. That's all I got to say about him. Yeah. He just, my, my dad is a big Dr. Strange fan. I've read a lot of his stuff and I don't even remember this dude popping up. He's just like, he's, he, yeah, I don't he's like a minotaur. Yeah, that's exactly what he is. He's some kind of minotaur. Yeah. But they don't name him. Um, he's just kind of there helping out Doctor Strange, calling him master. So there he is. Anyway, Doctor Strange is now seeking advice from Henry Pym, uh, Ant-Man or Giant-Man, whatever you want to call him, uh, the original Ant-Man. Uh, surfer there, trying to help the Silver Surfer by, uh, I think this is kind of funny, like laying him out in the sun uh, under like the broken glass sunroof because I guess like the sun helps power the Silver Surfer or something. Um, anyway, then Doctor Strange gets some kind of like 
cosmic sense of something. He hears a voice saying, speak to me. And he kind of like goes out into the astral plane. He gets sucked into the astral plane where he basically meets this mysterious figure that we don't really see. We just see like an outline of him. And this figure is like, you know, Dr. Strange's like, what the, what's up with you? What the hell is going on here? And he's like, look, uh, as we often see in like with Professor X or something, uh, you know, in, in X-Men, when they want to exp- explain something to another character, they'll be like, ah, just open your mind to me and you'll see the whole thing. So, so ba- they basically like soul meld with this other creature in the astral uh, plane. And uh, this, this creature is uh, basically saying uh, he needs to, he is the one that needs to lead them to defeat Thanos. Uh, so that's, that's what Dr. Strange learns. Then he gets kind of gets puffed out of there. So it was kind of like some weird astral soul connection dream uh, where he meets this figure who it's might be obvious to some people who it is, but I won't reveal it yet. Uh, and basically this creature tells him like, look, I have to be the one to lead this thing against Thanos. We have to defeat him. So just follow whatever I say to do, essentially. Um, meanwhile, Dr. Doom is, of course, investigating what's going on because, you know, he wants to know what's going on. Half of Latveria, Latveria, his homeland, has disappeared, too. So uh, as the protector of Latveria and as a supervillain, when someone's eliminating half the population, Dr. Doom, he's got to know what's happening. You can't have a big um, cosmic crossover event without the Saddam Hussein of the Marvel Universe. Exactly. There's no way he's going to sit this one out, you know? Um, meanwhile, back on Titan, we see uh, Drax, Fire Lord, and Eros. Uh, when Eros suddenly vanishes and appears in front of Thanos, who is just smiling and, and holding that shiny Infinity Gauntlet. And I, I, he basically, Eros doesn't even get to get a single word in edgewise when Thanos just seals his mouth shut uh, with his thoughts, I, I suppose. Um, so he has just brought Eros there uh, for a little uh, family reunion. And I guess I guess Eros has the powers of emotional manipulation so that... Um, that is what he was going to try. I guess he was going to try to manipulate Thanos, like with his emotions. Uh, he says, you know, everything's going to work out just the way you want to, my brother. And if there's anything I can do to help, you can see him smiling because he's trying to use his powers. And he's like, what? You're, you want to use your emotional planning powers on me? Are you freaking kidding? That's so charming. Uh, you can't. How charming you can be with without your mouth. And then he just like disappears. He basically just has. He doesn't even like seal it shut. He just has no mouth anymore. So now Eros is just sitting there with no mouth. So he can't. I don't know if he could use his emotional manipulation powers on a god anyway uh, but Thanos quickly shut that down by just closing his mouth uh, meanwhile Captain America is showing us uh, now this is confusing to me because I, I feel like I saw one of these characters later so we'll get to that but he's basically showing us the whole list of all the disappeared characters or many of the disappeared characters uh, some of whom most of whom I know and recognize some of whom I don't for example I have no idea who Makari is. Do you? I, don't, I I mean, I'm looking at this and it's like, I don't know who Box is. Yeah, Box. Diamond Lil? Who's Diamond Lil? Makari. Uh, it's funny that of all the characters they actually care about, Sasquatch, Puck is one I of know. them. Um, yeah, Puck. And that's interesting that Puck is there too, but maybe they just don't know that Puck is, is out yeah. and out. Um, yeah, so that's what's going on there. Some of the other wind shear. I've never heard of wind shear. It's just a whole splash page of this, like basically, you know, Captain America looking at this screen, uh, giving the update. Oh the no, wind shear is Night gone. Thrasher. Oh no, no, not wind shear. What will we ever do without wind shear? Uh, what will we do without night tra- thrasher? How will we move on without the vindicator? I don't know, but we will find a way. Uh, it seems the whole Fantastic Four has disappeared though, because they have Mister Fantastic Thing, uh, Invisible Woman, and the Human Torch are all listed here. So what are the? This odds? seems like a strange event to keep the Fantastic Four out of. 
It does, doesn't it? They Fantastic Four seems to get kept out of big events often, uh, except for like Secret Wars. Um, but yeah, same thing with Civil War, right? They were also like just out of out of dodge during Civil oh, War. Oh, they, they were there, but it was more soap opera drama. Like thing goes to France, Sue and Reed might get a divorce, right, right. Johnny's in a coma, that whole thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, let's see. We also learned here, as I mentioned earlier, that Thor is not the real Thor and he has to cover it up. Um, Odin also, uh, Odin then, uh, dons the ceremonial eye patch of sorrow. Did you know that was a thing? They're just, they're just, they're just making this up as they go. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and then he is putting this on because of course half the universe died. So he's sad about that. And he's, he's also hosting a meeting of the sky fathers and this, the sky fathers basically seem to be a collection of gods of different earth tribes, which I find interesting that all these gods are just like, why is it just about earth? Why is everyone the got different gods? How does Russia have a God? They have Zvarag, Zvarag of Russia, Tezcatlipoca, an Aztec deity, Manitou, an American Indian spirit, the Celtic God, Nuwada, Osiris, Egyptian, and uh, the Myron God, Itzamana. So this is the the little uh, round table of the Sky Fathers. So uh, they're just basically saying uh we are gonna do this thing we're gonna go to war we're gonna fix this thing and uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna fight i don't remember hearing much from them throughout the rest of this thing so <laughs> i don't know maybe they just talk about that and then they they kind of move on anyway we then see uh quasar is in space he's flying out for some meeting uh that this character epoch who is just this like weird giant almost looks like swamp things face with like a giant eye on the side really strange looking but he's basically quasar's i don't know spirit guide something like that uh they're flying to space to, for some sort of meeting that we're going to hear about and uh then pip is pip is in his hotel room so he's not oh that you know what I, I just confused puck and pip that's what i did puck is part of alpha flight pip is pip pip is this like elf creature so anyway Pip is here watching Elf in his hotel room uh, when suddenly crashes through. Someone crashes through. Oh, you know what it is? Here's a little confusing. But um, someone crashes through the wall. And I think I think what happened was. Yeah, I think what happened. I think whoever was in that cocoon thing uh, bursted out of the cocoon. I, I don't like the pacing. Of the of story. The story. I, I will say that now. Like it's a little too in this issue, like like back and forth. I, I'll say the I'll say things. everything, even going back to issue one. It's like constantly you're just being tugged in twenty different directions, and before you have time to really kind of figure out where one thing is going, it kind of just pulls you into something else, which is just as confusing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of like that we're we're not getting the whole story of everything at once. We're kind of we're, we're seeing the main story play out, but we're also seeing these little kind of snippets of, of what else is going on. Uh, these other characters like we see uh, now Doom, Dr. Doom st- shows up at the Sanctum Santorum because uh, he wants to talk to Str- Dr. Dr. Strange about what's going on. We see that storyline playing out. Uh, I just like that we see I, I do actually like the pacing because I was actually getting I actually felt like during the first issue it was a little the scene where Thanos was just pining towards uh, death and explaining the whole thing and telling him he, he was he was, you know, he, he did everything right, like, blah, 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 blah. He did it all for her. Like, that went on. It felt for like it felt to me for, like, ten pages. So I, I kind of like that we're bouncing back and forth from the different scenes here. So to each his own, I suppose, pacing-wise. Um, but we then go and see uh, D- Dr. Doom is standing over the Silver Surfer. And, of course, Silver Surfer is freaking out. He's like, what the hell, Dr. Doom? What's going on with Dr. Doom? And uh, he gets up and is all angry, and Dr. Doom just kind of blasts him with his blasters. He's like, yeah, whatever. You. Surfer is not at full power, so he is not able to take on Dr. Doom here. Um, 
But uh, basically, he wants uh, Doctor Strange to tell him everything, uh, and then Adam Warlock and Pip show up. So I, it's confusing to me if Adam Warlock was. I guess Adam Warlock must was he in that cocoon in the hotel in that. That motel would make sense. I guess so, but they never made that clear. So I guess I guess what it must have been is Pip, Adam Warlock, and Gamora were in human body costume disguises, got into that crash for some reason. Uh, they changed back, like Pip and Gamora changed back, but Warlock, maybe because he's Warlock and he's a different kind of creature, first turned into this cocoon and then burst out of the cocoon. That's what I can piece together. They don't really explain it. They just show these things happening. So, But anyway, Adam Warlock and Pip are here, so I guess that's what happened because now they're together. And they're showing up the Sanctum Santorum. And again, maybe much to Remzo's chagrin with the pacing, we then jump out of this scene and jump, jump back to... Uh, uh, to Thanos. And uh, here, Eros is all strung up. He's got, like, Eros and Gamora, too, and, and Zombie Gamora, not Gamora. Um, Nebula. Zombie, what's her name? Nebula. Z- zombie Nebula are just being, just being tortured by Thanos. Like, they have these, like, these, like, weird, like, vine-looking things and, like, eyes and teeth and stuff all over them. And uh, Thanos just, you know, he's like, if I'm not going to impress death with, like, killing half the population, maybe I can impress her with just torturing these two people, torturing my family members, torturing my brother uh, and my and my gram- grandmother. Uh, but, again, death is not impressed. And maybe you're right with the pacing, because they really, they jump out with this Adam Warlock scene at the Sanctum Santorum, jump, jump, jump just to one page, jump back to Thanos, torturing uh, torturing Eros and Gamora, or Eros and Nebula, I should say, and then right back to the, the Sanctum Santorum. So it was like, it's like the suspense page, this, this splash of Adam Warlock and Pip showing up, but, um, but then we go right back to it. You know, I feel like some a suspense like that, like when you're like, oh my God, they're here. What's going to happen? We should, either, we should either wait to another issue to see what happens or at least have more than just one page in between before we go back. Yeah. To it. So I guess I do see a little bit of, of your point there. Fair enough. You won me over. Um, basically now Adam Warlock, um, is explaining, you know, what's going on with Thanos and the soul gems and all this stuff and the infinity gems. And, uh, Dr. Strange then realizes he's like, oh, you're the entity that connected with me earlier in the weird astral plane. And Dr. Stroom doom is like, all oh, whatever about, about this guy. He, he doesn't give a shit about Adam Warlock. And he basically is like, I want to be the leader. I'm the smartest guy in the world, honestly, I'm Dr. Doom. I should be the leader of this thing. Uh, but Warlock pretty much insists it has to be him. And then, yeah, you're right. Okay, you're winning me over because now we're back to Thanos. Like, th- these these things could have been kind of pressed together, I think, a little bit. You could have had a few pages of the Thanos stuff, a few pages of the the Warlock stuff at uh, explaining everything was strange and not had to bounce back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Fair enough. The further I go along, the more I agree with you, actually. Um, yeah, so basically... Um, Let's see. They they all do agree to get behind uh, Adam Warlock, uh, but the, the Silver Surfer is just un, un, unsure. And in his thought balloons, he thinks to himself, he seems like a different guy because he did know Adam Warlock uh, by meeting him inside the Soul Gem with Drax, as explained in the last issue. Uh, meanwhile, this depraved Thanos is just continuing to torture and Eros and Nebula. He's like taking apart their bodies, like turning Nebula into like string and 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 turning Eros into these like different blocks, and just he's just having a good time. He's tor- torturing them he's like i'll do whatever i want you know what does it take to please you i can do anything i just strive for affection and approval again i can't see josh brolin saying this i just strive for affection and approval (laughs) i would do anything to just once hear you speak my name out loud anything he just wants her to just acknowledge him not even like like he'll accept anything right now like just just say that my say my name um 
So yeah, but she she of course will not speak or or say his name. Like he just destroys uh he destroys like a whole planet or a whole star system. And uh yes, she still still doesn't give a shit. Uh he's he's so angry he destroys destroys a star just because he can. Uh, and of course, destroying a, a star destroys a planet, destroys a planet in that solar system. And when you destroy a planet, guess whose attention you're going to capture? Galactus. Galactus. Devourer That's right, of worlds. Because Galactus is the devourer of worlds. Galactus is a pretty ridiculous looking character, but I've always loved the character. He of Galactus pulls it off. He pulls reason. off all that purple. He, he somehow does pull it off. You know, he looks absurd on the surface. Uh, he's basically just a, a giant man with a ridiculous helmet and this purple, you know, blue garb. But for whatever reason, it always works for me. You know, I, I, I don't know how they're going to pull it or if they're going to pull this off. I don't know if they're going to bring Galactus because, you know, they recently announced the Fantastic Four movie. I want to see Galactus on the big screen. I want to see it done right. I, I haven't seen the crappy fi- Fantastic Four movies. Or I saw one of them, the one with Doctor Doom. Did they ever bring Galactus in there? Because the Silver Surfer was one of the movies. So did that one have Galactus? Yeah, but he was a giant turd cloud thing. Oh, okay. So it was not no. this Galactus. So it's a good thing I did not watch that movie. Basically. I was happy with the Galactus portrayal. Okay. So I'll, I'll continue to stay away from that one. And hope for a future MCU uh, badass Galactus of some kind. Uh, we then, of course, see our friend Cloak. Remember Cloak from Maximum Carnage? Well, if you do, you'll know that he is in love with Dagger. He lost Dagger in that story, and he has lost Dagger again. He lost Dagger to the snap. Um, the Earth is quaking as well. I don't know why the Earth is shaking here, but uh, we see then see Wolverine, who is saving some lady from the rubble. Uh, I, oh, I know why. It's because that force wave from Galactus destroying that star, uh, that, that wave was so strong that it even like hit the Earth and caused like some earthquakes and, and such. Um, Iron Man was also hit by this force wave uh, on the edge of space, and uh, the west coast of the United States is breaking away. And this is when, okay, right, I was right. This is when I say, unless this is the other human torch, could this be that, uh, like, Toro? Because this is, I, I see a human torch here, but we had earlier in the in the series, earlier in this issue, seen Johnny Storm as one of the people that was that. I think so, this is, so Toro is dead, and Toro has stayed dead. This is the Jim Hammond oh. human torch. He's Jim a Hammond's he's an android. Yeah. He is the android who is the basis for Vision. Not that anyone cares, but there you know. There you, there you go. The more you know. Okay. okay, so that explains why there's a human torch, even though the human torch was disappeared. Cool. Thank you very much, assistant. Now, uh, Odin is also complicating. He's contemplating how we got here, and he couldn't see it coming. Like I'm fucking Odin. <laughs> I didn't see this shit coming. And then the and I'm wearing the goddamn eye patch of sorrow here. And then the world shakes, and the rainbow bridge is shattered. So now all these gods. Okay, so that's why we don't see them in the rest of the story. All these gods that that were here for the big Sky Father meeting, uh, their rainbow bridge has collapsed. So they they got no way out. They got to shack up and just hang out. With Welcome to the Asgard Marriott for the all Sky Father meeting in conference room twelve. <laughs> <laughs> we have you booked for all of eternity because the rainbow bridge is broken and will never be fixed. Although it will be fixed because it's the we'll be getting bridge. some vouchers, meal vouchers for the buffet. <laughs> <laughs> you get one per day and you can have a two hour limit. Um, we also see Namor uh, who's discovering some underwater uh, volcanoes and there's like tidal waves. So just from this one act of Thanos, if it wasn't bad enough. We also see Namorita, by the way. What can you tell me about Namorita, Rimzo? She's literally Namor's clone. <laughs> Namor's sister, I guess. Uh, she's a clone. Oh, she's, she's she a clone, clone really? Yeah. Ah, that's so lame. God, that's so lame. Clones, clones are the lamest. I hate Especially clones. when they gender swap. I'd be happy if I clone. never read a clone story again. The nineties. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, um, name Marita. She saves a young couple from from a tsunami. So that's very nice of her. Uh, we also see. Let's you see, see if they do. You see uh, if they the, flood the Trump International. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I am noticing that now. And then yeah, and and um, Thor is flying over. He and he notices and notices. Uh, yeah. Uh, Japan is gone. <laughs> the Isles of Japan are gone. <laughs> so Japan doesn't exist anymore. So I guess like millions of people just died in Japan. So there's that. Uh, Captain America is then recruiting help and uh, you know trying to recruit all the other heroes. He's coordinating with uh, with Nick Fury, with Spider Man, uh, with the Inhumans. So you know Captain America is is gathering the Avengers to somehow try to deal with not just the fact that half the the world has uh, has disappeared, uh, half their comrades have disappeared, but on top of that, there's all these disasters going on now because of Thanos, you know, destroying that star. So things are going things are going weird. Things are going shitty. That's the best uh, way to describe see. it. Yeah, and Pip just says, "Man, something something got teed off there. What the hell happened?" Because they're at the Sanctum Centaurum, and, and that thing shakes. And uh, then, yeah, Doom says, "Oh, well, that was obviously an earthquake." And Pip's like, "Nah, something got teed off, or somebody uh, something said something got got something got God teed off. That's what he said. Something got God teed off. Uh, God referring to Thanos at this point." And then Adam Warlock just says, "Exactly." And that is the end of issue two. How are you feeling about this story? I know you're Over, a, a little upset with the pacing. Overwhelmed. It can be a little back and fourth overwhelmed i mean this is just you're you're looking at all this and you're like okay is it just really the to show you the the depth and the impact of all this stuff or is it really does it really matter like namor does not matter in the story i'll I'll go ahead and spoil that for you namor does not matter but they show namor anyway i think it's cool but it's like you could have used that time to kind of stretch out some other stuff that you've already planted the seeds for yeah, I mean, they're just trying to show us the general idea of all these heroes dealing with these different things. But, you know, we already had the fallout of everybody disappearing. I don't know. And we saw all, you know, different characters dealing with that. I don't think I don't know if we also needed all this other fallout from this uh, Thanos snapping this star on top of that, too. But I guess it does make the characters kind of aware that, like, something is going on out there in the universe. Uh, but they're already aware of that because half the people just disappeared. So, yeah, it, it might have been just kind of an, an unnecessary addition having uh, Thanos kind of, uh, you know, do, you know, add that kind of like that star destruction and snap. But it did serve at least the plot purpose of alerting Galactus to the situation. So there yep. is that. Uh, we then go to Infinity Gauntlet issue number three. And Thanos has written his name in planets. He's collected a bunch of planets uh, on this death throne thing, this death throne island in the middle of space. And uh, yeah, still, still, even that Thanos has made this beautiful artwork, different planets all spit out in his name, still. Death gives no fucks about any of this shit. <laughs> Just walks away once again, will not speak to him, will not respond to him. Uh, back to S.H.I.E.L.D. now. Scientists are telling Nick Fury that the Earth has been knocked out of its orbit and we're headed to a new ice age. Now we're getting this this star collapse or whatever, knock this Earth out of orbit. We're heading in the wrong direction. Or wait, well, I guess heading towards the sun wouldn't be much better either. Uh, but we're heading away from the sun. We're going to a new new ice age. So there's bad things happening. Uh, back to the uh, the huddle of this the gang at the Sanctum San. Sanctum, I always find that so hard to say. Sanctum Sanctorum. And uh, 
Yes, there we go. Sanctum Sanctorum. And uh, Adam Warlock uh, just needs to wait and plan. You know, these you know, everybody wants to go do stuff. Silver Surfer's like, no, we got to take some action. Doom's like, no, the time to act is now. And Adam's like, hey, just chill, guys. We got to wait this out. We got to plan. We got to let things play out as they're going to play out. Because he's got a plan, but they're not really privy to the plan. It's kind of just a trust me thing. They just sort of agree, like, I guess we're going to trust Adam Warlock. So I guess that's what it is. Um Doctor Strange then uh, zaps them off, and they then appear there in Avengers headquarters. Um, let's see. Because, okay, let's see. Oh, yeah. I wanted to say I have a Because Comics coming up here. It says, they say, oh, I, the, the golden man Doctor Strange appear, is with, he appears to be Adam Warlock. This is uh, Captain America speaking. He's like, you know, th- that's Doctor Doom with them. He's like, all right, stay thy hand, Asgardian. Doom is our ally in this struggle. Because Thor, of course, just wants to go after Doc, Doctor Doom. And um, they mentioned that, like, I, I know you saw Adam Warlock fall. Uh, even attended his funeral. I'm like, yeah, of course you did. Of course you attended Why? his funeral. Because- because, Why, because comics. Because comics. So Adam Warlock had previously died, come back in the Soul Gem. He's come back a little different, and that's why Silver Surfer has been detecting. This is Doctor Strange that said, like, I know you saw him fall. You attended his funeral and everything. Like, a- attending a funeral in comics is a sure sign that the character's You might as well not even point, attend basically. or hold a funeral. Yeah, you might as well stay home. Exactly. Uh, we then go and see some more fallout from uh, what's going on with the Earth. Like Black Widow, who has no powers, is somehow just saving a baby from a bro- burning building. Or I guess she has a little. Does she have a little serum? A little super soldier serum? She, she has something like the. Or she has, she no has something kind of like the Infinity Formula. It's it's not the super soldier okay. serum, but it's not the Infinity Formula. So basically, she's like ninety years old because her age and her health have been permanently stunted. So she'll forever be like in her. Early 30s. Gotcha. Uh, so uh, Doctor Strange and Adam Warlock are basically now blasting a signal out to all these heroes uh, to join them because, you know, calling everybody up on the phone is just like it's kind of too much work. Uh, so he they use Doctor Strange's powers to have Adam Warlock send this message to all these heroes to join them. And we see, you know, Spider-Man, Spider-Man Iron Man, Wolverine, uh, Fire Lord, Drax, Nova, Namor, Cloak. And I found this interesting. They call... They say X Factor's mutant leader Cyclops. I don't remember Cyclops being the leader of X Factor. He was. I guess it happened, but, but he wasn't. Okay. Classic. Because they have to. They have to, to let do. Cyclops still feel special. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you'll, you can. We can call you leader. Sure, Scott. But not really sure, good. you're the leader. Um, uh, I like the little a little touch in the scene when all the heroes are coming together. Here is, is they show Pip lighting uh, Wolverine's cigarette. I just like that little that little touch in the background there. Um, and then Doctor Banner, the Hulk comes. He sh- they they bring him. Oh no, they say Doctor Banner refuses to join us because I guess uh, he said last time. You know the the you know Hulk is always on the outs of the Avengers because he's always you know getting angry and doing stuff and getting mad. Uh, but they're you know, like, look, he's angry at the Avengers because for, for turning their backs on him all these years, this Iron Man talking, uh, with Spider-Man's look, he's one of the founding members. And, and then Captain America says, yeah, and he can be that again now that he's reformed. So now that Captain America is basically saying, well, now that he's smart Hulk, he's not like the rampaging Hulk. Like you can join back. Come on. He's like, all right, that'll do for now. We can, we can discuss the details later. So Hulk, Hulk also does join them here now too. Uh, but Doctor Doom is still against having Adam Warlock as the leader. He makes the case for himself. He's, you know, I am freaking Doctor Doom, the goddamn smartest person in the room, and I'm the leader of Latveria. 
I should be the goddamn leader. And he has a really cool, I really like the face to face that he has this, this one panel when they're, they're like eye to eye with Captain America. He's like, well, like it or not, like Barry has only got one chance for survival and it's Adam Warlock. This is Captain America talking. He's like, deep down, Doom, you know that. So what do you say, man? Are you in or out? And he just gives him the ultimatum. He's like, join or die, bitch. And, <laughs> and Dr. Doom is like, all right, very well, Captain, for now. Uh, so yeah. Of course, Dr. Doom, like Mephisto, he's a villain. He's probably got something something else going on in the background. Another plan, but we shall see. And uh, Dr. Doom is like, cool, that's great, because you don't know shit about Infinity Gems. And uh, yeah, they're gathering up all the cosmic allies for the battle. Uh, so yeah, you're way, in way over your fucking head, man. So gl- glad you're along for the ride. Uh, we also get to see uh, our friend Moon Knight. He he appears. He's just overlooking a burning refinery and grinding He doesn't matter. Not sure what the point is. He doesn't is. matter. I don't know why we had to see that yet. Yeah, it does seem like... Okay, like these are like 40 something page issues. It does seem like they could have been regular length comics. I think they wanted to justify, which at the time seems like a lot, the 250 price, but that actually is like double the, the, the artwork. The artwork is amazing. I have no criticisms it of is. the artwork. It's, it's just that the story is being sacrificed for it almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's there's, there's just like, it, you can tell that they had to have 40 pages of story so they stretch it out it's like we don't need two full pages of black widow rescuing someone or we don't need name a rita rescuing someone from a from a tidal wave you know these are these are clearly filler filler pages to make this a bigger book so they could charge 250 for this event. basically that's the way i see that so yeah. Um, but yeah, we've seen Moonlight, um, Cloak and Spidey. I just wrote Cloak and Spidey have a chat. We don't need to talk it about it. It doesn't matter. Uh, then we do. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they said. Uh, Cloak and Spider-Man have... Oh, yeah, I already said that. Cloak and Spider-Man have a, have a meaningless chat. Uh, we then go to this meeting of the Cosmic Council. I love this two-page spread of the whole Cosmic Council. This is like... I remember this from when I was a kid reading the story the first time, just showing all these these cosmic creatures. And uh, let me see if I can go through them all. It is... Uh, let's see. It We have Epoch, who showed up with Quasar. We have Eternity. We have The Watcher. We have The Living Tribunal, Kronos, the God of Time. We have Lord Chaos and Master Order. We have The Mighty Destroyer of Worlds Galactus, The Enigmatic Stranger, and The Mysterious Embodiments of Love and Hate. And just for kicks, two Celestials. Two random Celestials. Did you do that all in one breath? <laughs> I, don't, I don't recall breathing during that. So yeah, uh, this is the Cosmic Council. They have gotten together to discuss a uh, you know a cosmic situation when there's something going on. These are all the most powerful characters, creatures in the entire universe, and this is obviously a serious n- enough event that they got to have a little chat about it, a little meeting. Um, Living Tribunal is here, and he says he's here to hear Eternity's case for his intervention. He is the Living Tribunal. He judges things. Is what he does. And uh, Eternity says, like, you know, Thanos is powerful. He's killing people. He can't do this stuff. This is not good. And I love the 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 uh, like how they show the Living Tribunal's speech. It's like not in a word bubble. He it's can't. Just, like, he cannot be contained, just, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it really gives a lot of gravity to him as this like kind of extra-worldly cosmic being. Like his words are just out there. They're not necessarily coming from a mouth or what have you. Uh, but yeah, Tribunal basically says like, look. It's natural selection. Like Thanos got the gems. He did it. You know, he he did whatever he had to do to get the gems. That's nature. And uh, so that's all this is. And there's no justification for my intervention here. There's no cosmic crime has been committed and pieces out. 
And then Eternity also follows suit, and he pieces out. Uh, the Watcher stays, but he says, of course, I'm just staying just to watch, because I'm the Watcher. Uh, then Warlock calls. Uh, Galactus questions Warlock being the leadership. He, Warlock's like, I'm here to lead the rest of you guys and and you know take care of Thanos. And, and Galactus is like, why should you be the leader of these cosmic giants? Like, we are, like, the, the look at us. Like, we're huge. We're massive cosmic creatures. Why the hell should we let you be our leader? And Warlock just basically calls Galactus a fool. So Galactus just blasts him and, and seemingly kills him with his eye, bleam, eye beams to uh, the horror of the Silver Surfer. Um, but of course, Adam Warlock is not dead. He just appears again. He's fine. And, and um, um, but War- and Warlock is still alive and well and standing on Galactus's head. So after seeing that, the cosmic, I, I call these guys the cosmic crew. Is that what I'm naming this? this I'm good with that. Characters now. Yeah, the cosmic crew all choose to ally with Adam Warlock. So Galactus basically shrugs his shoulders and goes along with it. He's like, all right, fine. I killed him and he just reappeared on my head. So what are we going to do? I guess he's the leader now. Uh, we then see the She-Hulk and the Vision discussing how Thanos always gave them the means to defeat him in the past, but he's now flawless with the gauntlet. Now, this is the, a very important uh, subject they're bringing up because Thanos is one of these villains that whenever he gets defeated, it's not because they over he gets overpowered. Uh, it's always, or even necessarily gets outsmarted, is because he kind of tends to leave it out. He tends to leave some little little trick or little his mistake own, that he makes, almost like his own. Yeah, demise. his own, it's like his a own ego is his downfall. Exactly, his ego is, is always his downfall, and uh, that's all, that's how they've always been able to defeat him. Kind of like maybe a ser- serial killer who wants to be famous, so they start you know sending letters to the newspaper and you know cutouts, and then somehow that actually leads that to him being caught because he was so. We're arrogant, talking about you, Ted Cruz. Yes, we're talking about you, Zodiac t- Killer Ted Cruz. We're on to you. Uh, but yeah, I, I did not think Zodiac Killer Ted Cruz would come up, but it did. You know. <laughs> We can go anywhere. Everyone is in this crossover. This is, is of course, a very important point, but but they're concerned because now they're saying, but look, but now he's flawless. He has the, he has the infinity gauntlet. He's not, he can't make mistakes. He's God. So they're, they're of course, rightfully concerned about this. Uh, Of course, we do see an argument between uh, Tony Stark, Iron Man and Dr. Doom, because of course, Tony doesn't trust him. Why? Because he is Dr. Doom. So of course he doesn't trust him. Uh, Warlock shows back up at Avengers headquarters. Uh, with his R, uh, with Quasar, and he wants something from from Wolverine. He just tells Wolverine, you know, I need you for something, and we don't really know what. Uh, meanwhile, the Watcher is just doing what he does. He's watching Thanos, uh, and like literally is hovering above the whole thing. Uh, he's like, you know, oh, the Watcher's coming. The Watcher's coming heralds the beginning of the hostilities. So Thanos sees the Watcher and he knows, okay, the battle's about to go down. Like, like they're not going to just let me kill half the universe and get away with it. And you can tell, like, Thanos is giddy for this. He's like, he even says, the hey, he's smiling, his big smile. And he says, the heavens will run red with blood. So he's still just like, he's already eliminated half the universe, uh, destroyed this star system and planet, and causing all this chaos. And now he's ready for battle because he still wants to prove to death that he is badass and that he is going to bring the death and destruction that she also wants. He's, He's still convinced he can win her over. Um, let's see. We then see. I really like this. Hulk and Wolverine have a little heart to heart on the roof, and there's like, look, we're both monsters, pal. Uh, and I kind of like this because you know we we were it's heartwarming to uh, with a battle with the Hulk. Yeah, it's nice. It's like like old buddies that've been through a lot together. 
having a little chat. So that was nice. Uh, War- Warlock then, uh, he sa- he comes up and talks to a Wolverine and, and the Hulk, and he says, uh, he basically tells them he needs these amoral bastards to kill Thanos when the time comes. He's basically like, you know, got a lot of car- heroes out there that have a lot of morals. Uh, you know, Captain America, he's not going to kill anybody. Spider-Man, these guys all have, like, these consciences. But, you know, you two are you two are monsters. You two don't have the same moral code. So I need you to kill Thanos when it, when it's time. You need to be that part of that plan. Um, so death, uh, we then go back to, uh, to death Villa, I guess the death throne. And she is still rejecting Thanos. And Thanos is like, fine, screw it. I don't need you. I'll create my own wife. So he creates Thoraxia, the terrible, uh, to try to make her jealous. Now, now he's trying a new tactic. He's like, all right, I'm just going to make death jealous by creating this new, like, I mean, maybe to him, she's sexy. She's a, she's it's the a chick from weird Thanos, science. Though. <laughs> I wish that would be amazing. Uh, I guess it's like Thanos's version of her, though. Do yeah, he basically creates his his perfect uh, perfect woman, who's basically like a very Thanos looking, you know, busty, muscular woman here. Um, but uh, again, Death still rejects Thanos. Death Death does not care. Like Death just walks away, doesn't give a shit. And Thanos and see, she's like smooching all over him. Thoraxia is, but Thanos doesn't even care. Like he's, you can see the look, the, the zoom in on his eye, and he's just so freaking angry that Death is just walking away from him. Like he only created this wife, this woman, to make her jealous, and it didn't work at all. Like he cannot handle this. He is getting angrier and angrier every single moment. Um, Doctor Strange is going to transport them all, and oh, and also. Uh, he did something, so uh, guess what? They can breathe in space. Because comics. Because comics. Because because Doctor Strange. Uh, that that could be another one. Because Doctor Strange is really used as like like he is in uh, when we looked at the Captain America uh, funeral story, Fallen Sun, when he just kind of like uses powers to teleport uh, Wolverine uh, to the Shield. You know, He's the shield ultimate plot device. If you him. need something, it doesn't make sense. Call Doctor exactly. Strange. He is uh, Mora McTaggart. He is the, the he is the speed force. He is the plot device for whatever we need to do <laughs> in the story. So f- this time we need to have a battle in space. So we need heroes that can breathe in space somehow. Okay, fine. Make, it would make more sense if he just said you can't breathe and you don't need to breathe or something. Like you can't breathe. What are you breathing? There's no air. Anyway, whatever. I'm not gonna get into it. <laughs> uh, Warlock then reveals to the Silver Surfer they're 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 kind of like standing out and not joining the battle and like chatting. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, they're doomed against that. I was like, they have no chance. This is just a diversion. So uh, and the issue ends with the Avengers and mass showing up to uh, on this giant throne, th- uh, showing up to confront Thanos. How do you feel about the pacing in this one? It's Anything it's different? still bad. I felt like it was a little more. Straightforward. I mean, maybe, yeah. but this this story is saved by the artwork alone. I'll say that I like the Thanos storyline. I like how we're getting to see team ups that we don't often see in other books, but um this is this is just this is exhausting it's almost it's almost Uh, maximum carnage proportions but it's way more condensed which i can't say makes it better wow well i i certainly am enjoying it way more than maximum carnage i think by this point in maximum carnage i was just getting bored with the same fights over and over oh it's it's entertaining it's just an overload like two like like when people are like oh do you want more do you want more than that sometimes there is such a thing as too much Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's basically a three issue build up to this part where the battle actually begins. So now and I love the issue, the the issue, the cover of issue number four. It's just Thanos 
saying, come and get me. Um, and I, I just, I've always loved this cover. He's just like, yeah, bring it on, bitches. And bring it on, they do. Because right from the first page, we see the battle starting. We see uh, Thor, Namor, Fire Lord, Iron Man all coming right at Thanos. Uh, and, and Thanos just snaps his, he snaps his way into easily defeating uh, Namor, uh, all four of those guys. Like, no problem. Like, he just, he stops Thor's hammer, uh, you know, just like basically with like one finger. Um, now, somewhere in here uh, during this battle, Mephisto convinces Thanos to cut himself off from parts of the stone to give his opponents a 0.05 chance percent of winning so that he can impress death because like death is not going to be impressed because you have the infinity gauntlet of course you you're just going to easily defeat these guys so he partially disconnects himself from certain aspects of the stone so that he cannot so he still has all the powers but he can't foresee everything that's going to happen so he no longer is going to see something coming uh, so that is, again, this is a little peek at Thanos' ego, and Mephisto is a part of this. Mephisto is playing into this and trying to get him to essentially lower his powers, uh, what you might think is probably for his own purposes, uh, in order to impress death, still playing on this ego of Thanos, this, this desire to impress death. So because of that, uh, his opponents now have gone from a 0% chance of defeating God to a 0.05% chance uh, of winning. There you go. So now we have, you know, as Vision and She-Hulk were discussing earlier, we're seeing that ego of Thanos that he always giving them the means to uh, defeat them somehow. Um, Hulk and Drax then nail Thanos at the same time from behind. So that's already kind of cost him a little bit because he, did, he didn't see that hum- coming. Then suddenly Thanos just goes huge on Hulk. He gets he, ter- he, he appears this like massive, massive version of Thanos. Like it's pretty awesome, I think. And uh, and then uh, yeah, and then Server has uh, back to Silver Surfer talking to Adam Warlock. Like uh, War- Warlock is saying that Surfer has a really big role here, but he can't know what that role is so that Thanos doesn't know because if, if Surfer knows then uh, Thanos will will know, and you know Thanos will not will not even try to distract himself by reading Warlock's mind because Warlock is so powerful that Thanos it'll be really hard for Thanos to read Warlock's mind during this battle. It's a really long and drawn out explanation for like yeah the Surfer you have to do something, but it's like a whole page for this conversation by the way. So I guess that, that again speaks to the pacing a little bit. We don't need all this. Could have could have been one sentence probably. Um, but going back to the battle, uh, Thanos like plants some things on Namor and She-Hulk and it like overtakes them and, and covers them up and seemingly kills them. We see a lot of, a lot of death here, a lot of characters dying. This is when the deaths really start uh, really start coming. Uh, at one point, uh, Thor hits Thanos and Doom, Dr. Doom starts to go for the gauntlet. So clearly you know why, why Doom is, is really there. He wants that thing for himself. Uh, but Thanos just blasts Dr. Doom away. Um, Thor is, is kind of freaking out because the hammer and all this got teleported away and uh, he is going to turn into Eric Masterson because only, only having that hammer is what keeps him in the the, the form of Thor uh, but now he's like oh shit I, I gotta, I gotta what, what am I gonna do I'm gonna die I'm gonna turn back into a human and die uh, so he's freaking out um, then Wolverine dives in and I guess he has taken uh, what what uh, Warlock sent him to do and to, from the time is right to strike and try to kill Thanos he double stabs Thanos with his uh, both of his claws and um, through right through the chest, uh, Thanos then turns Wolverine's and adamantium bones into this spongy rubber, and he just collapses into this grotesque pile of like goo. Uh, so we're starting to see like these really like vicious, vicious. He's getting creative. Of these characters at the hands of Thanos. Yeah, Thanos is having fun. He, he's loving this. He's coming up with new ways to kill everybody and uh, turning big, uh, stopping hammers, turning adamantium into the spongy garbage. I mean, he's having a blast here. Um, let's see. 
Uh, Eternity is there. Eternity actually wants to join the battle. He showed up. He's like, you know what? I, I shouldn't let this thing go. I was I was wrong to walk away. But Warlock just kind of uh, just kind of shoes him off. He's like, look, we got a thing going on here. Uh, we don't we don't really need you. Uh, Thanos then turns Scarlet Witch into just a red rock. Uh, Iron Man tries to save Cyclops, uh, but uh, but Taraxia intervenes, and then Thanos kills Cyclops by putting a box around his head and just creating and then suffocating him to death. Uh, so, uh, and like, and not, not just suffocating him, but he's like, he's blasting the eye blasters and then he's blasting them inside this tiny box. So, uh, it stops his eye blasters and then he, what's in the box? Uh, Thanos. I had to do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Thanos tears it. What's in the box? Like dead Cyclops. Dead Cyclops in the box. Dead Cyclops in the box. What's in the box? Um, Thanos then rips the Vision's insides out, so Vision's dead too. Uh, Thor has now turned into Eric Masterson, and now he no longer has the Doctor Strange imbued powers to breathe in space, and he dies in space. Uh, Cloak sneaks up and pulls Doctor Strange. Uh, Doctor Strange pulls Thanos into the Dark Dimension as he did to Carnage in uh, in, in Maximum Carnage, and Thanos just blasts right out. He's like, yeah, supremacy cannot be imprisoned. This Dark Dimension doesn't seem to do much. He's, every time he's sucked, the two stories I've seen him suck a character into it, they have broken right out with no problem. So I'm not I'm not that impressed by Cloak. Me either. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's see. The, the hammer does return to Eric Masterson, and he is, he does turn, in, turn into Thor again. So he, he gets that uh, just in time. And meanwhile, Fire Lord and Drax are going after Thanos. This, this I am enjoying this uh, this this battle and the, the kind of the fast pace of this battle scene. We have a lot less of the going back and forth here uh, so, so far in this issue. Oh, I agree. Think? This is this is what I've wanted this entire time. This is what yeah. it picks up. Yeah. This is what we maybe we maybe could have had two issues to get to instead of three. You know, if we really didn't, if we took out a lot of the filler, which I think is a pretty, pretty fair criticism. Uh, let's see. Taraxia has uh, apparently killed Iron Man. I OK, guess? if let's you see. look below, she's holding his helmet, but you could tell that she's decapitated him because if you look right beneath it, yeah, you see blood exactly. coming out. And it's like, oh, my gosh, she just ripped off Tony Stark's yeah. head. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty nasty. Um Let's see, and but that Spider-Man and Thor are back. Uh, Thanos turns Thor into glass before he can strike the death blow, um, and then uh, <laughs> it's funny. Nova tries to come help, and I just wrote, "But come on, <laughs> like, what are you gonna do at this point?" Uh, and now it's time for Quasar. Um, let's see, and uh, yeah, th- and uh, Quasar can't do shit. Quasar tries to blast him with his like wristbands, and uh, Thanos just blasts them away, and then blasts they uh, blast Quasar away. So. Quasar is also dead now, too. Um, let's see. Captain America is now Captain America. This is great. Captain America just said after he's killed all these people, killed Quasar, like killed these super powerful people. We have Captain America who just says it's not over until the fat lady thinks things, Thanos. And he's like, surely you jest. And this is they're about to go at it. I guess battle one on one. But, um, you know, Adam Warlock is like, all right, surfer, get we, we go back to Warlock. We see him telling we go back to Adam Warlock. We see him telling the surfer to get ready. He says, on my call. And, uh, you know, Captain America is doing a classic Captain America speech saying, you know, as long as one man stands against you, Thanos, you'll never never be able to claim victory. I'm like, what are you really going to do, man? And Thanos just uh, breaks the shield. And finally, right when he breaks the shield, Thanos is raising his fist to kill Captain America. And that's when Warlock says, now, and sends in the Silver Surfer. Um, surfer flies in and is going to try to capture the gauntlet. But he misses it. And this is all of Warlock's plan was to get the gauntlet. 
but he misses it. But then Captain America lands a solid right, a solid right hook on Thanos. We actually gets a shot in, and then Thanos has that revelation. He's like, "Shit, Captain America just hit me. I almost let them win. What the hell was I thinking with that point zero five percent chance shit?" So he restores himself back to full power, and he's like, "That's it. No, no more playing around." But right as he does so, he turns around, and the entire cosmic crew has appeared. The whole gang we saw at that meeting: the Celestials, uh, the Stranger, uh, Love and Hate, Chaos, Master order they're all there to confront thanos that is how we end issue four what do you think of this issue this one i think has a very different pace than the other ones the shit is really hitting the fan now oh i mean this is some of the most violent scenes you'll see in marvel comics ever not just because of the the attacks and everything but just the ways that thanos is so sadistically just murdering off all of our heroes i mean decapitated iron man suffocated cyclops vision having his heart ripped out and all this other stuff it is what you wanted from this so if you thought the stakes were high before they're higher now since he's basically murdered all of our mightiest heroes indeed the mightiest heroes have fallen us so now What's next? We're going to move on to issue five. So we have a narration from the Watcher who's just kind of recapping uh, the situation. There has been just a, a massive uh, energy release from this battle. Uh, Nebula and Arrows have actually been been spared by death. I guess she has taken uh, taken a little felt sorry for them. I guess uh, you know getting uh, you know having all this this torture from from Thanos. Uh, Annihilus. We see Annihilus hop over from the negative zone. Uh, the the Sentinels are uh, using planets as Celestials. Did I call them Sentinels? I did. Yeah. Uh, why did I write down Sentinels? The, the Celestials, they're, they're just using planets as weapons. It's like hurling planets at Thanos uh, in this battle. Uh, Thanos ki- kills one of the Sentinels uh, uh, while Kronos sends Thanos through time. This is Kronos, the god of time. Uh, but none of this is really working. This is all just kind of just like kind of with the heroes. None of this is actually is actually really affecting Thanos at all. Uh, Galactus and the Stranger and Eon, they all team up and knock Th- Thanos off balance, so they, they kind of get a hit in on him. Uh, but Thanos is really getting pissed, and he's he's waffling between regret and anger here. Um, it, it's love and hate, manip- and you realize like, he's, you're regretting the situation, he's, he's getting mad, and you're like, what's happening? And you realize it's the god of love, it's love and hate are actually manipulating Thanos. Uh, but they're dead now, he, kill- he kills them too. Uh, then, at, at one point here, Mephisto actually appears and tries to steal the the infinity gauntlet from thanos uh so thanos is going to kill mephisto when he realizes that this whole time mephisto has just been laying there you know lying in wait trying to get this gauntlet but death once again intervenes and now thanos is completely losing his shit because not only does death not love him now he's saving these people he hates so much he's saving his granddaughter nebula saving arrows saving mephisto who just tried to take the gauntlet from him like thanos just can't cannot not even handle this like it's one thing when she doesn't love him uh you know well and is turning her back on him but now like she like she's actively she's actively working against him actively trying to undermine him he's like i offered you the universe and then right as he's losing his shit about this the cosmic crew just collectively like blasts him together um and and they you know he's he's really getting blasted he's like no and you see them kind of stand you know standing over him uh blasting him all together and then suddenly nope didn't matter. Thanos is Thanos. He's, he has the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh he is all powerful and he imprisons the entire crew here, the entire cosmic crew. Um at which point, let's see, then 
Eternity shows up, and Eternity uh, had had been shooed away a moment ago by by Warlock, but Eternity shows up, and now even Eternity is imprisoned as well. Uh, and not not only that, but Thanos now is Eternity. Thanos becomes Eternity. Uh, so Thanos really is like truly the most powerful, um, p- most powerful ent- entity in in the universe. He's totally taken over uh, Eternity. Leaves his body, and but as he becomes Eternity. This is his mistake here. He leaves his body behind because he's he's taken on this other form of going inside it in eternity. Uh, so that body is the body that has the Infinity Gauntlet. So Nebula starts to stir. We see her kind of like awakening because death had saved her. And Nebula goes and grabs the Infinity Gauntlet. Now Nebula is God. Nebula is the one that has this thing. And she wants revenge. She wants revenge on Thanos. Um... And Thanos and and uh, um, let's see. She actually, uh, I guess, Thraxia is dead now because. Oh yeah, that's why. Because um, Thanos, Thraxia is just dead because Thanos didn't make her to exist in space without his power. So once he loses his power, she can't breathe in space, and she's dead. Um, now Thanos is like, okay, like Warlock has Doctor Strange bring Thanos over, like like teleport Thanos over to them. And um, Surfer and Thanos kind of go at it, and uh, Strange summons Drax, Hulk, Doom, Thor, and Fire Lord all to restrain Thanos because now he's regular Thanos. He's still extremely powerful, but he's not God anymore. So they can they can actually restrain him together with with this many heroes. And uh, so they they basically just hold him back. And then we go and see like this is hilarious to me. Like they're back in like uh, the Sanctum Santorum, I think, or maybe it's Avengers HQ. I'm not sure where they are. And they're all talking now, and Thanos is just chilling. He's just sitting in a chair, like calmly talking to them. Like this is the guy that was literally killing all of them like moments ago like did kill many of these heroes like did actually kill Wolverine uh, but they're just like coming around chatting but uh, they basically have to go with a new plan here and they need Thanos as part of this plan um, you know, because they, they need to do something here. And if Dr. Doom is concerned, he's like, can't you see what's going on here? He's like, Warlock is obviously Thanos' secret partner. Like, these guys are working together because why does he want to, to work with Thanos now? And he's like, well, look, Thanos, we need, now we need Thanos to help us get this in Gauntlet back. He's, he's the one that just had it. Uh, he's, he's, and, you know, and Warlock knows the truth. Warlock is telling Thanos that, that Thanos intentionally lets himself be defeated every single time, just as he did now with Nebula. He's like, look, I know your deal. You, you have this ego, and you, for some reason, you kind of want to be defeated, and you always put some way to be defeated, just like you did just now. That's why Nebula has the gauntlet. Uh, so you got to help us fix this shit. Come on. And he's finally like, I, I, all right, all right, I'll aid you. I'll, I'll do it. Uh, so Thanos agrees to help because he just realizes he's just a piece of shit. He's just an idiot who loved this, loves death, and just always, always manages to lose even when he has everything, everything he needs uh, because he, for some reason he wants to lose. So basically, Thanos, Doctor Strange, War. Warlock and the Surfer show up to confront Nebula, and uh, that is basically the end of that issue. We now go on to issue six. I'm going to hop right into the action. Um, let's see. And Nebula says, let's see. Nebula says, I wrote down. Nebula says, like, oh, you're here with your your two little friends, uh, but there's actually four of them. So I'm thinking, like, at first, like, oh, who, who can't she see? So I don't think she can actually see uh, Warlock or the Surfer, perhaps, or maybe Warlock and Strange. And uh, Nebula goes and immediately, yeah, she has no idea Warlock is there. Nebula goes and immediately imprisons Thanos. And, like, Doctor Strange is kind of making a symbol behind his back. Uh, yeah, so it is, like I said, she can't see Doctor Strange or, or uh, Adam Warlock. Um, Nebula then makes everything back to how it was 24 hours ago, except that she still has the Infinity Gauntlet. So all the heroes, everybody that that Thanos snapped away, everyone dead comes back and has no idea what happened. Um, 
And then Nebula has the gauntlet, but she forgot something. She's dead because she was dead Nebula before. <laughs> she didn't think of that. Uh, she didn't realize, oh, yeah, if I am if I put things back to 24 hours and still have the gauntlet, I'll have the gauntlet, but I'll be dead Nebula because she dies Um yeah, she yeah she 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 doesn't have the power to keep herself alive anymore. Basically, she's got to add that that clause into it to to add herself the power to keep herself alive in space. Basically, um, yeah. So that's that's how Nebula gets defeated. But it is then uh, Adam Warlock that goes and grabs the gauntlet, or he goes he goes to grab the gauntlet, but Nebula sat, snaps back to her living self. I guess she had enough of a moment, enough, enough of a moment of consciousness to be able to, re- to restore herself uh, before she actually like fully died. Um, and yeah, like I said, Warlock then goes to grab the, the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, but something weird happens here. Like the the Gauntlet seems to like shoot into into the Silver Surfer or strike down the Silver Surfer and like shoot the Silver Surfer down. It's not really clear what happens, but Warlock disappears in, in all this. Um, so then, guess who's back? It's the Cosmic Crew because that we went back 24 hours ago. They're no longer imprisoned by Thanos. So now the Cosmic Crew is here to confront Nebula. Um, and, and, uh, Surfer and Warlock, they are now back inside Soul World. What happened is there is they went inside the Soul Gem, uh, and now Warlock has all the power of the Soul Gem, uh, at his disposal. Uh, we then see, uh, we're back to this battle, back to the Cosmic Crew. Um, I did, I did make a note here, like, this is, like, so, just something that happened when all the heroes are coming back. Like, uh, Nebula was, like, hitting on Iron Man and, and was like, oh, who are you? And I just thought that was interesting. Like, she had never met Iron Man before, uh, even at this point, like, all these years in the Marvel Universe. I, I always find it interesting when I read big events and characters don't even know who each other are. You know, they're, like, introducing themselves. Just a little, just a little note, you know? Um, but Warlock is really flexing his cosmic power and, uh, he just, he just goes full blast with his cosmic ability, whatever that is. Uh, he's at nowhere, everywhere at one with the universe, the soul gem, and, uh, it knocks the, it knocks the gauntlet off. Uh, this releases Thanos who had been, you know, put imprisoned by Nebula and kind of like this stone thing earlier. Uh, and he of course immediately goes after the gauntlet and tries to get it back again. But at this point, Doctor Strange brings in the heroes, uh, brings them in to stop Thanos, which they can do because he does not any longer have the gauntlet. And several people are all going for the gauntlet uh, at, at one time. Uh, you see, like, uh, several different characters are reaching for it. Of course, like, Doctor Doom wants to reach for it. Uh, like, like Hulk is trying to reach for it. Thor is trying to reach for it. Everyone's just trying to, to get this thing and make sure Thanos doesn't get it. But at, at, with everybody there, it is Adam Warlock that swoops in and grabs the gauntlet uh, and he is now God. He is now the holder of that Infinity Gauntlet. And he he basically just promises, I promise to use it wisely, he says. He has let the conflict end. Like, okay, that always works out well. Uh, but then meanwhile, Thanos somehow has a nuclear bomb strapped to him. And Thor, and he just threatens to kill everybody because he's a villain. So that's what he's going to do. Thor just sends him flying away with the hammer and, and the bomb detonates. So... We're, I guess Thanos is defeated. Uh, he's he's not dead, as we'll see soon. Um, Th- Eros takes custody of ne- Nebula. I guess he was wanted for crimes, or maybe this crime, <laughs> just now. And uh, Warlock just poofs everyone away. Uh, Warlock... And then in our final scene here, Warlock, Gamora, and Pip go to visit Thanos on his little prison planet farm where he's living. And uh, he actually seems really content. He's Thanos doesn't really want to go be do villain things anymore. And and meanwhile, Warlock is like burdened with this power of the gauntlet. So he actually says, I, you know, I somehow I think Thanos actually came out out ahead in this whole deal. Um, and that's how we end this thing, where uh, Adam Warlock is the possessor and guardian of the infinity uh gauntlet uh, i believe later we'll get a series called infinity watch where to keep the gauntlet to keep the gem safe he gives them to six uh 
com- comrades, which are Gamora, Pip, Drax, and I forget exactly who else. So it ends up actually being in six hands. This leads to two more events, Infinity War and Infinity Crusade. Maybe we'll look at them down the road, but this is the big one. This is the one that really started it all off. So with that said, Remzo, let's get right into your review. I, I try and keep things very, very simple. Well, let's start with art. Um, I've been an admirer of George Perez since I was first reading comic books. Uh, you know, you see his evolution, especially when it comes to big event style comics, Secret War, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, I think this is him at his best uh, because the art really carried this story along. I have to give George Perez in Infinity Gauntlet a five out of five. However, right. when it comes to what I'm doing for the story, I, I really kind of go into two factors. One, is it good for people that have never read a comic book before? And two, is it good for people who really, really know their stuff? And I say for the first part, if you're getting into comics, this is the worst place to start. You will be confused, overwhelmed. It goes into so many different areas. It requires so much prior knowledge. Uh, It's hard. And then for the second part, is this good for seasoned readers I mean, this was this was hard for me to even understand because you're understanding a different side of the Marvel Universe. And then you also have to really remember where you are at this point in the 90s. It's a very 90s roster of heroes, costumes, powers, um, seek, you know, secret identities and stuff. That's kind of hard because of that alone for the story. I'm giving it a two out of five. So I'm giving it a total score of seven out of ten. Wow. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you on George Perez. I, I have to give him a five here. I mean, this I, I dare I say the art is perfect here. That is what I'm saying, because that, that's basically what a five entails. Um, I don't know how he could have done any better with an event this of this scale. I mean, all the characters, but not just all the regular universe characters, but his his portrayal of, of what I call the cosmic crew of, uh, you know, Eternity, the Living Tribunal, Thanos. I mean, it's just it's just every classic Marvel cosmic cool character done so perfectly and his attention to detail the way he's able to fit so much in different panels, the way he's able to convey so much emotion with his just little little things like just one shot of like Thanos' eye or a little bit of smile. I mean, all these little details of the characters that just they convey so much of the story that you you can see without just having to read it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I can't argue at all with George's Prez, uh, George Prez's art. Five out of five, I think, I think that's a consensus score. I got to go higher on the story. And again, this might be a nostalgia. Again, this is one of those situations where I read this growing up. Uh, uh, and this is before I, you might have been born, but let's say you were certainly weren't reading comic books at this time. I'm not even sure if you were born. Um, were you? I wasn't. I don't bo- think no, no. This came out two oh years my, before oh my I God, was born. I can't handle this. 92? I'm, I'm too yeah. old for this. I'm too old for this shit. Anyway, so yeah, you were not even born yet. Uh, so for me, this is like one of the classic stories I read uh, growing up, and I, I just absolutely love it. So there is definitely a nostalgia factor, but it also did hold up for me. I, it really did hold up for me. I found it. Um, I don't know how how I feel about the whole the way they finished it um they didn't just defeat thanos they actually had to like defeat net you know transfer it to nebula and then defeat nebula but it kind of gave an explanation for for how they got there and i'm not sure if i love that uh, that warlock is just kind of seen as this all-powerful character and that without knowing too much about him he is kind of the key to the whole story and he kind of just swoops in and and gets the gauntlet i don't love that so much because the ending did feel a little bit forced like i could have used a little bit more of uninventive way to get to that point uh, where he is. They just kind of have him go inside, go inside the soul gem, have all that power and somehow boof, like he, he comes out and, and gets it. So 
that that I, I take some issue with, and and I think you did make fair points earlier about the pacing. Uh, so that's that's where I deduct the points from. But I, I can't go nearly as low as you. I do I do really enjoy the story. I really enjoyed reading this story. Uh, even even with you know. Even as I said earlier, it does feel like they drew things out a little bit to get to the the six issues and everything and make the the issues longer. Yeah, it did. It did probably was a little bit longer than it needed to be. There probably was a bit of filler that you didn't need, but it didn't bother me that much in the actual reading of the story. You know, it's, it's something I noticed when we're going through it together. Uh, but in reality, that that didn't bother me a lot. So I still really enjoy the story. Um, is it like the best written story of all time? No, but I got I got to put it much higher than a two. I'm going to give it a three point five uh, for the writing, which will bring this whole thing to an 8.5 for me so this is a i mean it's not a huge gap we agree on the art i think we're all i think we're usually in sync on the art maybe the only place we we often disagree the most is how we might see a certain story so 8.5 total for me uh what's that a seven for you 17 yeah so that's a 17.5 out of 20.5 still not too shabby that still puts you in the category of you should probably read it when just oh, 100%. Yeah, you should yeah. probably read it. I think we did a whole breakdown and, and at the end of the last one, episode of, of how, yeah. how you should look at our scores and what you should read. And this still falls in the category, especially with uh, you know me over here, giving this thing an 8.5. I would definitely read it if you're a comics fan. It's a pretty it's a pretty iconic story, even if the story itself eh, has its issues. Oh, it's important. I mean, I, I can tell you, I, I collected uh, the Silver Surfer crossovers from this, and they were a lot of fun. Like, uh, you, you have to you have to have a really compelling story for me to collect the crossovers. And what I did was I kind of did it backward. I collected some of the crossovers first, and then years later I read this. And when I went back and read the crossovers, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, this is peak Perez. And because of that alone, and Jim Starlin, who's a sci-fi writer among sci-fi writers, I mean, it's, uh, it's a lot there. So, I mean, if you're into, like, Game of Thrones, if you're into Star Wars, if you really love the MCU, there's a lot of different things for different people. And even though I feel that the story was kind of up and down and like a roller coaster, the art is what makes this such a pinnacle. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the art is what holds the whole thing together. I will say if this had shitty art. I, I don't know. It might have it might have made me like the story less because I, I think in many ways the art pulls the story up, uh, and in so much of the storytelling is through the art. Uh, so it, it definitely enhances it. I mean, it's it's hard to go wrong with George Perez uh, pe- penciling your story here. So um, I believe towards the latter issues, Ron Lim actually like was became part of it somehow. I think he kind of helped with the art. Um, you can't really tell the difference though. So it, to whatever extent that was, um, it's it's either very minimal or they they really I, I never noticed any difference. He never took over the right the art, but he is credited as as part of the art on the, some of the later issues so that's interesting but yeah uh still second print total score 15 and a half not too shabby definitely worth reading out there definitely something you guys should check out uh with that being said any last words renzo that's that's pretty much all i got uh we're heading into the new year very very soon i'm very excited but we got one more episode left so tune in next week for the final edition of second print comics of our inaugural year here December 2020, our, our last month of the year, and what is the first of many, many, many years breaking down comic book stories that you love and don't know you love yet and don't know you hate yet until you hear us talk about them. But uh, with that being said, Remzo, what do you got for us? Hey, it costs you nothing but means everything to us. A five-star rating on review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, it goes a long way to spread these stories to old and new fans alike and people who are just looking for something different. So until next time, I'm Remso W. Martinez. I am the marvelous Mark Claire. Read comics. Change, change the, world. the world. Good night, America. Adios.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.